According to research, a small amount of our communication is actually the words that we say. Some re research says it's about 7%. Our tone, our gestures, and our internal emotions communicate a vast amount to our children. Many researchers will say that is in the 90% range. Children pick up on our internal energy when we speak. If inside we are full of self-criticism, while you say the words, I love you, they can feel confused. The confusion gives them a mixed message, and they react to that confusion. Obviously, that's not all the time, but it is something that does happen, and today we're going to talk about our mixed messages that create communication confusion simply due to the energy you bring to the interaction. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned, because in this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee, along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. Before we begin, I want to thank Erica Millard for leaving a review. She writes, simple and doable, leaving five stars. So many parenting podcasts feel complicated. But this podcast makes everything feel simple and doable. It's helped me shift my mindset to being more curious when different situations happen with my kiddos. Thank you. Erica, I am so glad because that is my aim. I want every episode to give you simple, doable nuggets and strategies. Thank you so much. And anybody else, if you have not yet left a review, please head over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down where it says leave a review in little tiny purple letters, and click on that, and I would be so appreciative. Welcome to a new year. Happy New Year to everybody. Here we are after the holidays. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad when it's done, even though I really enjoy it. There were 10 birthdays my family celebrated in December along with the holiday, so I am sighing a deep breath of relief that it is all time to rest for a while. So join me in a deep breath. 
Yay. So sometimes after the holidays, we can actually feel like a letdown. And I think that's just because we were so busy. And then the letdown is our body's way of saying, you need to rest. I certainly know I've been in that in the last day. Anyways, welcome to the language of play today. And I have a couple questions for you. The first one, I wonder what kind of resolutions you make. Or do you simply make decisions around this time of year? I'm not typically one to make resolutions in January. No, I typically reset my mind every month or two, and that's because I have a lot of things I want to accomplish in my family, in my home, in my businesses, and for you. And I tend to get distracted by a lot of different invitations, which means I can get off course easily, and then I frequently need to reset just to be able to stay on course. So what are your hopes, your plans, your goals, your wishes for this next year? How do you keep yourself going so you make progress on what you want to make progress on? Do you have goals around your children's development, your parenting skill, or the skill set in being able to teach your children what you want to teach them? I would love to hear your answer on this. And I would love it if you would go to your email and send me an email at hello at the language of play.com and introduce yourself and let me know what you're doing for this New Year's time. All right, looking ahead this year, the language of play has surprises coming your way, and I'm very excited about that. But first, I want to tell you, I have an amazing lineup of guests that I had been interviewing all through December, and you are going to love these amazing guests. And then there are products and services that will become available this year, and you'll hear more about that later as they actually come available. So that's exciting news here, and you will love it. Now on to today's episode. Did you know that what you say to yourself about yourself impacts whether or not your children get your message accurately? Today we're going to talk about the communication that happens unintentionally with our children. This is the communication that happens with your tone, your body, your facial expression, your gestures, and even your mood and emotions that you have running under the surface about other things. According to the research, A small amount of our communication is actually the words we say. Experts generally agree that that quantity is around 7%. That isn't very much. Our tone, our gestures, and our internal emotions, our feeling, our mood, that communicates a vast amount to our children and helps them to interpret the words that we say. And experts generally say that's somewhere around the 90% mark. Children pick up on our internal energy when we speak. If inside you are full of self-criticism, while your words say, I love you, they can feel confusion. They get a mixed message. And then, it is not uncommon for our children to react to the confusion they feel. It's not really about the words you said that they're rejecting, and it's not necessarily exactly your feelings, but the confusion that they feel inside they don't like, and they can react to it. Today we're going to talk about our mixed messages that create communication confusion simply due to the energy that you bring into the interaction. 
So let's put that into perspective. The holidays are done and you've been traveling and sleep schedules have been off and you woke up with each child last night and you're tired. You have bills to pay. You have work hours to put in and you just don't want to open that computer to get started. Your kids don't want to go to school or the babysitter and nor do they want to play quietly. Instead, they are whiny and you feel guilty and stressed and exhausted before you really get to start your day. But you push through the emotions and you say the right things. You say, good morning, Charlie. I love you. Or maybe you say, brush your teeth, put on your shoes. And you're kind of flat because you're tired. If you were talking to an adult, they probably would say something to you that acknowledges the change in your normal demeanor. They might say something like, are you feeling okay? But our kids don't generally do that because they are very egocentric. They know that whatever is going on in the world around them has to do with them. And they don't know what they did to change the feelings in the house, in themselves, and in the home. But nor do they really realize that they're thinking that because it's really just an internal body state that they're experiencing. The kids understand your words, but this mismatch can get them confused when our body language and our tone doesn't match our words. This is particularly true for our kiddos that have low language development. And I'm not only talking about kiddos that have a speech and language delay. I am also talking about just young children. A low language development, even if they're on track, does mean that they haven't yet understood the body language and those social cues, nor do they understand you are a separate entity from themselves. So as long as they have this inability to understand social innuendo and separation of self from you in a full, more rich way, they will interpret things according to how they see the world. And this is common right up through age seven. Of course, this kind of experience happens in all of our homes. Your home, mine, everybody's home at some point. And kids figure it out eventually, right? Not necessarily. Let's look at how it can play out. When kids are confused, they don't necessarily follow instructions well. They become reactive with siblings. Some other kids might turn inward on themselves and start thinking that they're bad. When we step in and correct their behavior but their behavior might be less intentional than it was reactive, even the correction of the behavior can add to the confusion, which then, therefore, creates more behavior. What is a parent supposed to do in this situation? I wish I had known this kind of stuff when my kids were young. I didn't. This is something that I learned along the way, so if you haven't heard this yet, I am not surprised that you don't know it. My grandma... And my mother-in-law and mom used to always tell me they feel my feelings. But that didn't really mean anything to me as far as practical application. How is it going to impact them? And what do I do about it? But now I do know. So let's dig into it. What is a parent to do in that kind of situation? Now there are a multitude of things that you can do 
that's going to help you in this kind of situation. But I never want to fire hose, my listeners. I'd rather give you three things. Today, I came up with four. I always do try to aim for three, but four is pretty common, as you've probably noticed as you listen. So today, let's think about the first thing that you can do that helps you in this situation of being overtired, exhausted, too little sleep, and you are on edge and your kids start to get reactive. The first thing I want you to do is notice the feelings that are in your body. Pause for about 30 seconds to two minutes. Feel your body inside. Imagine, kind of scan your body inside to feel where is the tension? Is it in your neck and shoulders? Are you nauseated? Do you have a headache? Maybe your eyes are tired. Notice what part of you isn't feeling well so that you fully know where it is that you've got the discomfort. Once you have figured out what parts of your body are reacting, then I want you to notice the voices that you have in your head. Now, this is that internal dialogue that we all have that is our critic that tells us what to do differently. It's like thinking out loud inside your head. But unfortunately, most of us don't tell ourselves really good things. Unfortunately, most of us have a worse critic and accusation and blame when our bodies feel icky. That's why we start with our body. And when we get to recognize those voices that are inside of our head, we can speak to those thoughts and we can learn to change our inner dialogue, which is a whole nother topic And your life will transform when you are able to change the way you think, the words you give to yourself about yourself. The third thing to do is to take a deep breath. We all have heard that taking a deep breath is a way to calm down. But did you know that you actually put your body into parasympathetic control? That means that you are going to calm the nervous system. And when you calm the nervous system, you will be able to find regulation for yourself much more quickly. You are also giving your child a good illustration of how it is that we regulate our own selves and our own emotions. It gives you an opportunity to change those voices, to stop the thoughts. And the fourth thing is super important. Depending on the situation that you're in, it may also be the first thing. And that is to tell your child what's going on. Of course, we don't give them tons of details. We give them what they need to know. What they need to know is that it's not their fault. You are feeling how you feel. And you still love them. And you're not mad at them. Communicating these things to your child will help put them at ease and lessen how reactive they are. I'm not going to say that they will stop being reactive, but I will say that they will have a better understanding, which does make sense that the reactions should be less. But as we deal with people, humans are not always consistent. I don't need to tell you that. You know, tell your child what's going on. Not making excuses for your behavior, but rather be proactive and say to your child ahead of time, Charlie, I'm really tired today. If I seem grumpy, it's not because you're doing anything wrong. I just feel really grumpy. 
In addition to that, you could read some of those books like Grumpy Monkey or maybe you have some other book that talks about feelings and what it's like sometimes when you feel grumpy. It helps your child to know that they are not the cause nor the solution of what's going on. However, if we, when we are in that state, and I say we because I am guilty of this too, much less so now because I have done a lot of this work, but when we say to our kids, you're making me stressed, I'm stressed because you, we are not taking ownership of our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own reactions. Ultimately, we are teaching our child that sometimes we have feelings that are difficult to cope with. They do too. And when you tell them your feelings and that you're not trying to be grumpy with them, it gives them a pattern to copy for when they're grumpy. And maybe they will notice themselves and say, I'm just grumpy. I just totally expect that a lot of you are dealing with this very thing right now because we are coming off of a big event. We're coming off the holidays and sleep has been messed up and your eating has been messed up and it's been great, but the activity levels are all changed and who is in front of our face at a given time is changed. This all feeds into, even when the situation is good and fun and right, it feeds into a change in the system of how we operate. And this can cause us to be not our best selves. So your four things in summary. First, you notice your body. Notice your inner feelings. What part of your body is tense or out of sorts? Then second, you notice your mind. What kind of thoughts are going on inside your mind? Are you starting to blame and criticize? Third, take a deep breath and intentionally change those thoughts. Give yourself a different thing to think about. And the fourth thing in my list does not need to be the fourth thing in execution. Let your child know that you're struggling, that you're tired, that you have a headache, whatever it is, because you give them a very good example of how they are going to handle it when they are in that situation. Not if, but when. Welcome to the new year, everyone. Happy new year to you. Again, I would love to hear from you, and you can email me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com, and you can let me know what your goals are and how you handle them and when you renew them. How do you do it? Or... Pitch a question that you would like to serve as the topic for a podcast episode. Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community, where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.